Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. And um, can you hear this, Sarah? I'm, I'm still, I'm brushing the glitter off my shoulders. I'm still a little, you know, you still, still got little tracks of glittery sparkle everywhere. You're still covered in pixie dust. <laughs> See, I, I feel pixie dust is kind of a, it's more of a figment of my imagination, but I was truly <laughs> covered in glitter. <laughs> I, I brought our, our Queen Elsa frozen costumes back from the Tinkerbell half marathon and um, they were lovely, but wow, they were definitely glittery. Like, they were shedders. Like, when, yeah, when I pull out my clothes at in in Orlando, when which is our next race, I'm going to be all <laughs> ready to go. Well, that's what you're saying at the. So we just got back, as Timothy implied, from the Tinkerbell Half Marathon, which included us being at the expo for three days. And you were saying that you thought any shirts that didn't sell while we were there, you're like, pretty much our, our merchandise is going to have pixie dust on it for oh, the next couple of weeks because, you know, <laughs> women would come by at the extra and they'd, you know, been, you know, I don't know, dusted with pixie dust or something like that. I'm not sure what verb you use for pixie dust, but so there were, there's definitely some, some pixie dust on our tanks and our teas and <laughs> Sure, sure. Well, and I went back, I was kind of the costume assembler mm-hmm. while uh, you and Kristen, who um, helps us out, were at the booth a couple for a couple hours. And um, and I mean, you came back and you were like, or maybe it was Kristen, it's like, Dimity, what happened to you? You've got glitter all over your forehead. It's in your hair. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I was just putting together our costumes. Those snowflakes, they, they, they shed quite liberally. Oh, but I loved our Queen Elsa costumes. I think I just feel such immense pride in them because we've, we, this was our third run Disney race. We did the Disneyland half in September, 2012. We did princess uh, at Disney world last February. And then we did this one and we dress in costume every time, but this was the costume that we really came up with and that we executed. And I just felt so much pride in them. So oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. I just felt very cold in them. I mean, I gotta say, so we were, you oh, know, I you thought the cold, off. I thought the cold didn't bother you anyway. Well, that's how you just took my line. You took my line because I was going to tell the story. Where so you know, you're, the race starts at five a.m. so that the parks can open on time for people who decide not. It's not a good idea to run thirteen point one miles on a Sunday morning. I don't know what's wrong with them. And so, um, so it starts at five a.m. and it's Southern California, so it's not freezing, freezing by any stretch, but it's not warm either. I mean, it's January. And so, um, so, and I tend to get a lot colder than you, Sarah, standing around waiting for the race. And, and you're like, it's okay. The cold never bothered me anyway. <laughs> Let it go. The cold never bothered me anyway. It's funny on the elevator ride down, I was quoting a couple lines to you to, for us to use. And then, then I loved it when you said it to one person. They obviously didn't know the song very well. I was like, oh, dang, that was our big laugh line. Come on. <laughs> I know. Definitely. It was, it was a big stretch. So it was an early Sunday morning. I mean, we definitely looked like Queen Elsa as much as we could to, to run 13.1 miles. So you had to put you know, on a foggy Sunday morning brain, you had to put Queen Elsa with a song that they may have may or may not have heard. And they definitely, if they haven't seen the movie, they definitely don't know what it is, you know? So it was, it was a stretch, but, but, you know, we, we, we have high expectations around another mother runner that you can put together things like that. Yes. Yes. So, um, so we were just very excited and we got to be up near the front and, um, take off and, you know, for us to run together, that's uh, run a race together. That's a big deal. And at one point you, you were like, Oh, it's so exciting to get to run together. And I was like, yeah. Um, but, uh, and then, but then in some of our lower moments, we did, um, I did start trying to quote as many lines from the song as I could remember. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I'm thinking it's my goal by February, by the princess race, when we'll once again be Queen Elsa, because we got a costume and we're sticking with it. (laughs) Blew our watch. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's okay if you don't wash my tank. So Grant, as you guys, if you listen to this, you know that my husband sold little capelets on and, and I originally I was like, Oh, well, why don't we Velcro them on so that we can wash wash the shirts. I mean, you know, they're wicking sock any tanks, but still we, you know, we, we would like to wash them. And, uh, and, um, 
and you were like, it's okay. You don't need to, we ended up having to sew them on. You're like, it's okay. We don't have to wash them. Don't wash my shirt. It's okay. <laughs> so not only will you get us in the exact same costume, you might get us in the exact same sweat yeah, that yeah. we are in. Um, I do have to say that um, I was, after the race, I was like, wow, I'm just amazed that I didn't get any chafing. And, and uh, you know, because we were under our tough girl tutus, we wear kind of little boy shorts, running shorts that are much shorter than I would ever wear if I wasn't wearing a darling tutu over the top. And then we were wearing brand new Sparkle Athletic arm sleeves and you know i'd been liberally using the body glide under the arm you know on underside my arm and in inner part of my thighs but there was one area that i neglected to body glide and i didn't notice until last night and i was for some reason i forget like something caught my eye on the back of my neck just past where my hairline and like where my hair stops and i have these huge abrasion marks where it must have been that there was either stitching from that little capelet or the capelet itself, which was made of kind of a, a tool, very soft, netty type fabric, must have been like maybe, I don't know, down on the inside. And I have like, they're like the size of a dime and a nickel, respectively, on the back of my neck. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I have that. I don't have that. My only wounds, I got a, a little chafing under my arms, but my biggest wound was we put little, uh, <laughs> we put... Uh, they, Snowflakes. They were, I don't know what they were. They kind of look like wands. You know, I bought them at Joanne Fabric after Christmas. They're kind of a Chanaka style. They were kind of blue and silver. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I got them and uh, I cut off the snowflake part and then put them, the tough girl tutus have a race belt built in. And so I just put it on top of our number and, um, and they, but they definitely have pointy little edges and I definitely have a nice little scab situation right, um, kind of next to my belly button. So <laughs> see, maybe you'll go my way because we, when we put on the outfits, I'm like, ugh, I can't have it laying over the waistband. Cause then it would cover up those darling snowflakes, which I think, think really cemented the outfit in perfection. Um, so thank you for doing that. But so I tucked mine in and if people look at photos, they can see that you left your shirt out. So I think but I can't tuck. Well, we, we have this discussion a lot in the elevator <laughs> and, um, and, and until you've gone through life as uh, almost six, four female, you realize that you never get to wear anything on your waist. If I were to wear my tough, good, tough girl tutu on my waist and tuck it in, like my, my buns would be hanging out the other side. So I have to, I mean, I basically wear everything on my hips. That's just how it works when you live in my world, Sarah. (laughs) So tucking it in, I would have looked like really long, tall Sally. So anyway, so yeah, so we had a great race. I mean, it was really fun. And I mean, when the first five miles are through um, California Adventure and Disneyland. So you really have, I mean, five miles is a long time mm-hmm. to be in the parks, right? I mean, some, mm-hmm. some of the other races, you only get, you kind of shoot in and out. Yeah. But, yeah. Like at, at Princess, I think you're only in the park maybe for two miles. And so it was nice to be able to just kind of wind all around and see, and there's the, um, the other part of the park that's kind of like, um, a down, not downtown. Well, you do go through downtown Disney, but then there's a third part of the parks themselves that is, that um, looks kind of like a downtown Western experience. And pardon my ignorance of Disney to not know what that part's called. So, um, yeah, lots and lots to look at, lots of cast members along the side. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like I wasn't quite ready for the shots. I mean, because we're like, oh, you all got such good pictures at Disneyland. I want to do that. And um, and I think it's because I was running by myself. We kind of started out running with two friends. Um, so we were chatting with them. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that kind of threw me was the dark. Um, because the yeah. last time we did Disneyland, the half marathon, it was over Labor Day. And so it was lighter. And I think it might have started maybe a half an hour later. And so um, so it was just... I don't know. You, I just felt like I wasn't quite on my game as far as photos go. <laughs> yeah. You know, that'll be different, though, because in 2015, Run Disney is moving Tinkerbell to Mother's Day weekend. And Oh, nice. Yeah. So it'll be a lot lighter then because, you know, obviously the days are longer then. So, um, okay. So that, okay. So, so next time we'll get some better pictures. I mean, yeah. we didn't get bad pictures, but and then I also didn't have the flash on my camera. I mean, it was... Again, kind of a foggy Sunday morning brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we had, they had the Incredibles out there. They had a bunch of different princesses, a lot, a of, lot pi- of pirates. A lot of pirates. They had um, some characters that we didn't know who they were. It turned out they were the Lost Boys from Peter Pan, those furry kind of creatures. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, there were two creatures that I still don't know what they are, and I showed them to my kids, and they don't know what they are either. They're kind of like Hello Kitty meets Chippendale, but they're definitely female. So those mm-hmm. ones, you refer to them in a picture as Chippendale, and they are not, one of them's a cat, and the other one has a face like Chippendale, but it's a girl. 
So, okay. so everybody on Twitter, please tell me who these characters are. And then, I oh my, <laughs> then oh my gosh, there, you sent one picture of, it looks to me like, kind of like a light, bright castle or a light, bright, almost medieval scene behind us. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. So in the, in our race report, I just was like, oh, brightly covered castle or something. And uh, Daphne took one look at it and she's like, oh, that's a small world after all. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad. Our kids, our kids know the parks because they got to go. Meanwhile, we were at the expo. So it's like, yeah. we got, to, we, we know the path from our hotel to the expo very well through exactly. downtown Disney. I can tell you about Jamba Juice. I can tell you about Sephora. I can tell you about the movie theater. So the the sorcerer, the, we go, we go under the sorcerer's hat. So I do go under the sorcerer's hat. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when and we the went, we, Fantasia shop. Yes. When we went past that in the race, I was like, I know where I am now. I definitely know where I am now. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That so, awesome. so, but definitely uh, one thing I do love that, um, when you were mentioning how dark it was. And so when you exit the park, you know, for part of the time before you get to downtown Anaheim, you're in kind of just suburban streets and you and I were like, it's so quiet. Why is everyone so quiet? And you thought maybe it was cause everybody was listening to music. Oh no, we were told that afternoon by another runner that there were all these signs out saying, please be respectful of our neighbors. They're sleeping. (laughs) I think that's when you were singing, uh, the cold never bothered me anyway. (laughs) It was, I mean, you could have heard a pin drop. I mean, it was the people, you know, they take their rules very seriously and that, that was great. And next time we know, and we only were talking for maybe 30 seconds. It wasn't like we were like, come on. Let's, you know, rip it up. But, yeah, but, uh, but, but it, it was, was so fun. funny. It was funny that they, because the woman was like, oh, there were signs everywhere. We're like, really? We just, oh no, they were everywhere. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. If there'd been like danger emergency happening, we'd be like, la la la. We don't know. Why is everybody so quiet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I, I have to say that the one picture I'm really bummed that didn't turn out. So, so um, I'm, I, we had a stop for a picture. So uh, we had our, um, frozen gloves, which are white with the aforementioned, very pointy, very glittery snowflakes on them. <laughs> and then there were some cast members that had the Disney hand, the, the Mickey hands, yeah. and the hands from Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. And wasn't there one more hand? I didn't notice them, but maybe... It, uh, there might have been. Yeah. Um, but again, the flash on my camera was... So we had like this nice like you know, collection of random Disney hands and, um, and dang it that it didn't work. And also what happened to, we, we definitely stopped to get our picture outside of the castle. And I don't think that showed up even on the professional ones because we had them take it with our camera and then there was a professional photographer there and I didn't see those in any of them. So I'm bummed about that because I mean, to me, that's kind of the quintessential, you know, run Disney backdrop. It is. But the good news is that we have about you know, 40 other pictures of us through the park. So, so without that one, I mean, yes, I see the gap, but it's hard. It's a, it's a small sliver. I mean, uh-huh. we've got some great pictures and I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I'm really excited about how we raced. I mean, we, we ended up finishing in about 210, which feels like yeah, a perfect two, Disney two, time. 209, 209. Uh-huh. 209, sorry. No rounding up in Sarah's world. Yeah. Um, and it was like 209.45. So it really was 210. Wasn't it? No, not really. I mean, now you're like our kids who say literally. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because I know that I took your advice and I did not lean down and stop my soleus right at the stop line. And so then when I waited a couple, um, I don't know, 20 steps or something, then when I stopped it, it said 210.01. So... Um, yes. So So 209. So, but 209 and change. And that included, and that included, um, two potty stops for me. Uh, zero for me. mm -hmm. And the, and me walking uh, through, you know, at miles four, eight, 11 for a little bit to take in my goo and my noon, which I had in my handheld. And, um, then we also stopped for a lot of pictures. So, I mean, how we, you and I have not discussed this. I, I think we probably truly ran if we had, been just tracking our running time. I think we probably will run what one fifty nine. Around there, I was thinking two hours. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was rounding up. <laughs> no, I gotta say, I got. I mean, the whole like run or walk when you do your goo and your water. I don't know if you heard me at mile eleven, but I was kind of ready to be done. Oh yes, uh, I heard you. Mm-hmm. I yep. was like, come on, mm-hmm. Sarah, let's go. I mean, no, no, I no. Like, you were just like, we're going. <laughs> well, I, well, because I was, I was like, I will wait, I will wait, I will wait, I will wait. I was being patient. I was being patient. And I was like, any second now, she's going to come up next to me. Any second, I turn around and you're still back there drinking your water. I'm like, come on, Sarah, let's go. Let's just get this done. We have two miles left. So <laughs> I was definitely, I was definitely being very cognizant of the fact that I wasn't going to say, come on, let's go right away. I mean, you, I gave you some time to, to, to eat and drink. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, uh-huh. I guess apparently not enough. Mm-hmm. But. Yep. And uh, but I do have to say that. So you seem to be gunning it from about mile nine. It seemed to me like around mile nine, you were like, "We got to get this horse back to the barn." And well, yeah, go ahead. And my fear was that you were picking up the pace too early, and that it was going to be a real drag, almost literally for the last mile. So that's sort of why I was tempering us, and and you might have thought oh, I was kind I of see. holding us back a little. And That's I, what, that, I definitely, I, I was more that I just won. And I, and I didn't, um, I, I, I definitely felt like I picked up the pace, especially once we kind of got out of any place that we could take a good picture and just kind of wanted to, to keep moving forward because I had underestimated how much standing on, I mean, that's the first three day expo that we've done. Mm-hmm. Standing for three days is a lot on your legs. Like we all started, we, we ran with two women from, um, another booth and they were, um, they had been at their booth for three days as well. And we all kind of started out at mile one, like, wow, these legs are not fresh by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. And, and Kristen, who was also in our booth felt the same way. I mean, she didn't have a rock star race, but, um, but they can't all be rock stars. And, and the good news is that you've got a lot of, you know, diversions at, at, uh, Tinkerbell if you're not, so you don't fixate on how heavy and leaden your legs might feel. Right, right. So, but did you did you indeed feel a little frustrated by the fact that I wasn't letting you go perhaps as fast as you wanted to in like miles nine, ten, and eleven? No, 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 no. I, that was a perfect pace. I was, oh, I was not. I didn't want to go any faster than that. And I definitely felt um, at the very end you go under, you go under. I don't know what is that called a ramp where you go underpass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing an underpass, going under and then through a tunnel and then back up again. Mm-hmm. And then someone said, Oh, and just one more corner. And we're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you get there and you're like, there is a lot more corners. It's definitely a very um, kind of serpentine route to the finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and, and I, I might've said a word or two about how I wish that the finish line were a little bit closer. <laughs> yeah. Cause I had at that point, my tank was pretty empty. But, but, the, um, but then we also had the woman, the spectator who we had just gone past like we were almost at the 12 mile mark and she said just two miles left and i was like uh 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 like oh yeah yes <laughs> you were definitely like no no that's not right that's not right i was like okay just let it go let it go anyway but it was fun it was really fun to run with you it was fun to run in our costumes mm-hmm. i mean that's the first time i've run a straight up half marathon i i almost think since disneyland half labor day in 2012 i know i loved you figure we, i remember we were um just we were on disneyland drive and then i think we were like it was within the first quarter mile we were like right near ball drive if people know where that was is is in the race course and you were like i can't remember the last time i ran a half marathon on the road i think it i don't know I, it's been a really long time i'm like don't tell me it would be Disneyland half. And you're like, yeah, I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a straight up one. I mean, yeah, um, so yeah, I was like, anyway. mine was uh, last month. Tore through it in one fifty three. Do not round up to one fifty four. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Do not do not. But that was the crazy thing. Also, I do have to interject that Molly, my running partner was doing a half marathon here in Oregon the same day as Tinkerbell. And so it was wonderful. We could train together. We both had the exact same race day, except for the fact that I was well done. I was back in my hotel room by the time she was starting at 8 a.m. here in Portland. (laughs) Yes. And and, um, uh, give a shout out to Molly that she set a PR of 154.24. Woo, woo. Oh, nice, yeah. Molly. Way mm-hmm. to go. Yes, yes. that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, it does make for a long day, I have to say. I, I love Run Disney, but the 5 a.m. starting time yeah. is a long day. <laughs> it sure is. I, I tweeted, I don't know, at like 3.15. I'm like, yep, it's 3.15 and I've been up for 12 hours now today already. <laughs> um, so, um, so speaking of kudos, um, we have a... Our guest today is Larissa Rivers, who is the run marketing manager for Strava.com, a running app and uh, that allows you to give kudos to runners online So and on their app. So let's bring Larissa on and, and see what Strava is all about. Welcome to the show, Larissa. We're pleased you could join us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, you just had your first baby, right? Yes, she is five months old as of today, actually, January 22nd. Oh, very good. And and how yeah. how's life with a new baby? I take it you've been back running again or no? 
I did. Yes. I started running about two weeks after I had her. Oh. Um, Oh, how aggressive little mother runner you are, huh? <laughs> I was out on a hike and my husband starts freaking out, texting me. She's crying. She's hungry. And so I didn't know what to do. I could get there faster if I ran. So I ran, <laughs> peed my, myself. It was not a good <laughs> comeback. I'll, I'll say it that way. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I realized I could do it. <laughs> nice. And then how long until your true first running foray? Um, about four weeks after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so did you run during your pregnancy, Larissa, or did you um, take a break from that? I did. I ran up until about seven months um, when I think the universe decided to tell me that I needed to stop by getting a sprained ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of those things where I was sort of glad I sprained my ankle because I sort of <laughs> felt this, I have to keep running because everyone keeps telling me how great it is that you're running through your pregnancy. And it was like, you know, it's not really feeling that good anymore. And I run because I love to run, not because I'm trying to prove anything to anyone. So um, it was kind of a nice, nice break. Yeah. Let's let let's shift the focus from you to me for a minute, Larissa. And uh, because it's funny, because I you, you saying that brought back huge memories for me. And I, when I was pregnant with my second kid, Ben, I tripped on the stuffed duck um, of Amelia's, <laughs> and I sprained my ankle so badly. I mean, it was like the size of a tree trunk, and it was. And Ben was. I don't know. He was probably due in about say six weeks or something. Um, and what's that? What's the condition where you have swollen ankles when you're pregnant? I mean, um, it's a pretty serious condition. Yeah. Edema? No. No. Um, oh, preeclampsia. Yes. Yes. And so they ding, kept ding. thinking that I had preeclampsia, and I was like, No, I just tripped on a duck. <laughs> I just went through. I mean, every time, anytime, you know, they would kind of pull back the covers and look at my feet. And I'm like, I promise you, compared to the other one, I don't have it. You know. And afterwards, they're like, Wow, it hasn't gone down. I'm like, I know because I, it's like a grade three strain. But anyway. That's enough of my commercial <laughs> interruption. Um, so, um, so have you found a groove? Because you're, you're working full time at Strava and you're juggling yes. motherhood and running. I mean, it kind of how how have you how are you adjusting? Um, you know, it's actually been easier to adjust than I expected. My husband is also an ultra runner, mm-hmm. um, and so between the two of us, we're both pretty cognizant of the fact that we need to get out of the house. Um, he also owns a running store, so he owns his own business. So he's got some flexibility in hours. So we take turns, um, watching the baby when we're both off. And I also Strava, because we're a company built by athletes for athletes, we do lunch runs. I commute to work by foot occasionally. Um, so you mean you walk or you run to work? I run to work. Wow. And how far and like, do you keep like a week's worth of clothes at work or, you know, cause they're yeah, so, yeah. they're so formal at those businesses in the, in the, you know, California. So you, you oh, keep, yeah. so you keep five suits at work and pantyhose and heels. <laughs> I wear jeans and t-shirts, but yes, we, uh, we have a locker room, so I keep stuff here. Um, and it's kind of ridiculous how long my commute is. It's, um, a 16 mile run. <sighs> That is a little ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) But there's this group of guys that live in the county, which is just over the bridge from San Francisco, that have been doing this for, I think, close to eight years because their wives, they both have two kids and their wives were, you know, you you have to get to work somehow. So if you want to make time for running and maybe you could just run to work. (laughs) So we meet really early in the morning around 5.15 and we have company. And um, So do you get to run across the Golden Gate Bridge when you do this? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, the literally the dream commute. Oh my goodness. Yes. yes. Wow. Um, you, so you dropped that you're an ultra runner. So give us a little bit of your yes, running right. background, so everyone doesn't think you're just crazy and running 16 yes. miles after <laughs> having, um, you know, a five month old. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So um, I got into ultra distance running in 2009. I'd usually run about at least one marathon a year up to that point, point. Um, and that was sort of my focus. I was always kind of like trying to get a marathon in. Um, and uh, in 2009, I discovered the trails in California, started running longer distances, met my husband. He ran longer distances. I watched him run a 100-mile race. Um, I was inspired and freaked out at the same time <laughs> um, and got um, and then just got really heavily into the community. And so it just started to become something I did was running longer and further. Give, yeah, give us your race resume. I mean, what's, have you run a 100-miler? I have um, twice uh, the San Diego 100 mile endurance run. Um, it's about 45 minutes east of San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done 
probably half a dozen 50 milers, close to a dozen 50 Ks. The funny thing about ultra running though, is that the first 50 K I did, everyone is talking about, you know, oh yeah, in three weeks I'm doing a 50 miler. And I'm thinking in my head, like I used to run one marathon a year, maybe two if I didn't get injured. And these people are talking about running twice the distance that they're running today, three weeks from now. Um, But trail running, because you use so many different muscle groups um, and because you're not gunning it the whole time, you're not going, you're not redlining like you would when you're training for a marathon or a half marathon where, you know, if your goal is to race a certain time, you're sort of, you're pushing your body to the extreme. This is more pushing yourself to extreme distances, but being wary of pace. You know, you hike when you need to, you hike a lot, which is kind of the nice thing about it is you don't feel like you have to just be like gunning it the whole time. Uh Um, and it's beautiful. You know, you can take a break and take a breath and look around you and see everything and just be really thankful to be out there. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love for free because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com AMR. That's BarkBox.com AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com AMR. And I think that's sort of what pushed me towards finding where my body could take me in that respect versus seeing how fast I could go. So do you have a race lined up? Do you have one for post? What's your, what's your girl's name? Oh, Tamsin. Tamsin. Yeah. That's interesting. What's, so we got to know the genealogy of that. Okay. What's going yeah. on so that? it's actually, um, a British name by origin. Um, it's the female, it's a female derivative of Thomas, which is my father's name. Oh, nice. But my husband runs up Mount Tam, Mount Tamil Pius. Oh, nice. Valley. He did it 64 times last year. Oh my goodness. Oh, my <laughs> and so because the name had Tam in it, we thought it was really cute and special and um oh i love that mount tam is so special yeah it really is it's beautiful wow i don't think we should talk about strava i think we should just keep getting like (laughs) i would keep uncovering these nuggets my husband runs up um, (laughs) pays 64 times he owns a running store um so so wait so so post tamsin do you have a race set up i mean do you have a goal or are you kind of just you know going out for 16 mile runs every morning (laughs) just because you can um well yes i do that no but um I'm actually, ironically, doing a marathon in Napa, the Napa Valley Marathon on oh. March 2nd. Yeah, I did that. Um, I've run that race. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's It great. is very pretty. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of wanted, well, being a mom, I found that it's much more efficient to have quality over quantity mm-hmm. um, because training for 50-mile races means you need to try and get four- and five-hour runs in the weekends. and my priorities have shifted just a little, so, yeah. <laughs> just a little. Um, and so a marathon seemed an easier way to get training in because I could do quality workouts instead of having to run five hours in the weekends as a three hour long run at the most. Um, and so I'm making that sort of my first goal. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and then I signed up for a hundred kilometer race in Marin um, in May. Oh, nice! So I can get a qualifier for the Western States hundred mile endurance run lottery. Okay. And then you would, be, if you get in through the lottery, you'd be doing that in 2015. Yes. Wow. Those are some good goals you set out for yourself. <laughs> Thanks. We'll see about the runner. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I like to run. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, but let's talk a little bit about Strava. So imagine, imagine, let's say you're at a new mom group and you've just met a mom who's returning to running or maybe taking it up for the first time. Like, how do you describe Strava to her and what Strava can do for her? I think the easiest way to explain it is that it's a social network for athletes. Um, and there's all sorts of ways of defining athletes. I think when Strava first launched, we were very, um, people view us as a really competitive and kind of high end athlete with a capital A type of <laughs> website. Um, and for cyclists, it was, you know, they can analyze their training, this and that for runners. I think it's more of a social experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and what's great about it is that you have a community of athletes. You can give you kudos and comments. So I think as a mom, you sort of struggle with finding the time to do this. And when you can get a three-hour run in in the middle of the day, it's a huge accomplishment. Mm. Just to get out the door is a huge accomplishment. Um, and so it sort of makes this little accomplishment that you have evident to the rest of your community. Someone can give you kudos. You know, a day later, you're getting a comment like, great pace, Sarah, or... You know, you put a photo up on Instagram and you can kind of like go back and relive the memory of running through your neighborhood and seeing the sunrise. Um, and so I think that what it does is it gives this small little piece of your life a life after you finish. I found that to be the case that I do love going back and looking at the pictures that I posted on Instagram while I'm running. And, and like you said, it's I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, I forgot what nice weather we've had this winter or something like that. I'm like, look at all these kind of sunrises that I saw instead of just gray, rainy skies or something like that. So uh, it adds another dimension to it that I enjoy. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Larissa, you mentioned the, the cyclists. And I'm just curious, what is the yeah. background of Strava and, and how did it go get so intense? I mean... It's a very intense, well, cycling, especially male cyclists is my, yes. this is my experience. I speak from my experience only, but, <laughs> um, but whenever I was riding my bike, you know, training for Ironman, like male cyclists, you know, very, you know, buttoned up, don't talk, you know, kind of sizing you up and then just take the heck off, you know, or hopefully I pass them and then, and then yeah, anything for sure. Um, <laughs> but where females might be a little bit more chatty at a stoplight, say, but but so tell us what, how Strava started and, and does it have cycling roots? It does. Um, so the founders, uh, Mark and Ganey and Michael Horvath, were rowers at Harvard together. Mm. Um, and they came up with this idea for a virtual locker room because they missed the camaraderie of being on a team after college um, and well after grad school. And um, the, the technology at the time, I think this was in 1996, wasn't optimized for this kind of thing that they wanted to accomplish. So they basically created this other software company called Connect Communications. So they've worked together since 96, um, started this company as entrepreneurs. And then once the GPS technology sort of caught up to their idea, they decided to launch this with, I think, two of the engineers that worked with them at Connect Communications. So I think it was four of them. And it was more, let's see how this works. Let's play around with it. Let's build an application and see how it goes. They gave Garmin watches to some of the cyclists in New England, which is where it started out in New Hampshire, mm. um, and in California, which is where Mark was in Palo Alto. And it became sort of this cultish following because what the cyclists like about it is we'll segment out a portion of a ride and you can compete virtually with them on the same segment. So you could ride up Hawk Hill one day and the next day you can go back and you can see who rode on that same hill that day and how you compared to them. Mm -hmm. So it got to be, it was more the competitive edge that brought them into it. Um, and then they added analytical features and cyclists love to look at their power output and, you know, how fast they were going on that section based on the power that they had and what their heart rate was. And so they got really into it, um, based on the competition and based on the analytics. Well, I was going to say, I think it's important to maybe even, Describe then how the you mentioned GPS and we haven't mentioned that before. Oh, so sorry. that so that um, Strava you can use it on it's an app on your phone and so it can serve the purpose of a GPS or people can wear a Garmin or a Soleus or something like that and then download that information or even just manually enter it into a computer. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, and so the idea behind the GPS technology was that you can, you have that accountability, mm-hmm. you know, you can see where you rode or ran, um, and that's where the segment technology came into. So you could upload either from the phone or your GPS watch, see where you rode, and then the segments would sort of naturally come out of that. Mm-hmm. And how um, long How long has the running piece of the Strava Pi been in place? So I, I would say three years ago is when they launched the running app. Um, and the, the idea was always that it would be for competitive endurance athletes. Um, and so they started with cycling because it was probably just an easier piece to get into, especially with the analytics. And then naturally they started doing it and run runners. Since you guys are them, I, I don't find myself competing on segments of a run. Um, maybe if it's a hill and a trail race or a trail run, but that wasn't really the magic for running. It's interesting mm-hmm. and it's fun. Um, but I think the social aspect of running was more powerful for me as a runner. Um, and I think we're noticing that with our users and I'm certainly noticing it with your group because you guys. Well, and it's interesting too, just, I mean, the just, best just, community. it's awesome. Oh, thank you. We'll talk about that in a second, but I mean, you know, and the, the thing about running is that it's so, you know, the variety of paces and experiences and levels is so different. You know, I mean, I'm just thinking again, back to my Ironman training, but it's like, okay, I rode this route at say 18.8 miles an hour. Well, if I pushed it a little bit more, I could go, you know, 19 miles an hour, you know, but, but the difference between running, say an eight minute mile versus like a nine thirty minute mile, which is essentially that, that, that much effort is, is quite a bit more. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, no, totally. it's much harder to go faster when you're running for longer periods of time where on the bike, you can sustain it by just, you know, putting a little bit more gas in your legs. Right. No, which is totally kind of why I like cycling more than running sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. it's good. Yeah. And, and I have to say that um, you're talking about, you know, that, oh, you can compare, you know, Hawk Hill, your time up Hawk Hill. The first time I started really digging around in Strava and I saw there's this park here in Northeast Portland that um, I sometimes go up and run around. And it was like, you know, I had a little badge and it said that I was the third fastest who'd done it. And I was like, Oh, that must mean like me, the, like that run was the third fastest I've ever done. And I'm like, no, they mean like other people. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it was sort of, it was intriguing and a trifle creepy because now I'm like, well, maybe I should really just pick it up when I go around that park because now everybody's going to be paying attention. <laughs> I was like, here's my podium yeah. and my medal. I want it. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a little kind of the cup thing or whatever it is. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, then I do get so bummed when, uh, when I haven't turned on my Strava or like we just ran the um, Tinkerbell half marathon and I didn't carry my phone with me. And so Dimity turned on Strava and well, we were pleased that someone reminded us she t- w- took out her phone and started turning on Strava and Dimity's like, Oh, right. Turn on Strava. And so then, but, but we, so I guess had a little malfunction, but Dimity maybe forgot to turn it off or something. And it, it sort of, I think it must've just lingered in my mind because then that night I had a dream that I was entering it into Strava and that I was like, Oh, but there's not the little map with it and everything. And I was so bummed in my dream. I woke up, I'm like, Oh, oh gotta leave it behind. Okay. <laughs> I, I love that you just said that. Cause we were, we were talking about what it is about Strava that sometimes the Garmin will malfunction and it, it makes me so mad uh-huh. when I can't prove what I did. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, on Strava that yeah. I'm such an addict that if the watch malfunctions and I can't get it on there and I have to even like you know manual entry is fine but it's like no but it, but I really did it on the watch and oh, oh I know I've <laughs> I've thought that that I'm like oh I definitely you know I don't know we're recording this on Wednesday the race was a few days ago and I have yet to get on there and enter it and I'm like oh but it'll sort of seem like I'm lying because there's no you know little map to back me up and all this stuff I'm like no really <laughs> I did it look my time's online I did it. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so you mentioned that the Another Mother Runner community is really using Strava in a, maybe a little different way, kind of pushing it in different ways. And so talk about how the, our Prove It Challenge is playing out on Strava. And, and, and we have had, Strava had to do some back-end stuff to be able to accommodate how our tribe members wanted to use Strava. Isn't that right? Yeah. So the the club functionality was something that we relaunched. I, it was before I left for maternity leave, so I, probably about six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we were trying to make it more of a community aspect. So we have these really rich discussion boards where people can put a topic up and people respond. Um, 
what we noticed, even in the clubs with 3,000 people, is that they weren't being utilized as much as they could have. Mm -hmm. And so we basically only allowed for 10 discussions at a time in a club because we figured that people wouldn't need to go back because they were only doing like one discussion a month at the most. And then along comes guys, the chatty women they, of another mother they, runner, right? <laughs> it's awesome. I sent it to our, our um, the head of our growth pod who facilitated all of the club functionality. And he was like, whoa, <laughs> we, we didn't put pagination on here yet. <laughs> and so people were complaining that they weren't able to see their past discussions um, because they had just been, you know, a couple of hours ago. And so we had to create it so that you could see all of the past discussions. And every time I go into there to, you know, see what's going on in the discussion board, it's like 40 new discussions says yes. <laughs> and it's awesome because the people, I mean, they're talking about the strength training workouts and where they live and trying to create many communities within the broader community. Um, it's just, it's awesome to see because it's exactly what we wanted to happen with our clubs. And so that's, that's our 400 mother runners using it way more mm -hmm. than the 3000 in the club you kind of alluded to. Yeah. <laughs> we use yeah. it more, our 400 people use it more in a day than those 3000 use it in a month. <laughs> well, we should, we should exactly. just put a PS um, in here just because, so right now we've got the club for the 10 K challenge and the. Um, half marathon challenge, and those will conclude on Mother's Day. Um, and yes. it is our intention to get just a general mother running club going um, in the next couple months that that won't be attached to a certain challenge. So, so if you're listening and you're not part of the challenge, don't worry. We're we're going to get you. We're going to get you a place in the club. Okay. Yeah. Um, we just kind of have to get the the challenges rolling and get a little bit more rhythm going with them, and then and then we'll get another um, another mother runner community going yeah. on um, on Strava yeah. as well. Yeah. I think they'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so how do you feel that Strava can enhance people's running who, who aren't in the prove it challenge and, you know, so I think there's several ways. Um, one is accountability. And I think part of getting out the door is sometimes you need a friend to be there just so you make yourself go. Um, this is sort of a virtual friend. I don't like going on Strava if I haven't run that day, unless I need extra motivation, I'm just like, Oh, I didn't put my run in. I don't, I don't want to see what everyone else is doing mm -hmm. until I do something. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also the other piece where you go into there and you see like, Oh, Sarah woke up at five 30 this morning. Why didn't I mm -hmm. to go running? And so it motivates you to get out the door because you see what everyone else is doing. Um, so I think that piece is really important and can really help the community. There's a training log piece too. So you can keep track of everything that you've done in sort of a more visually aesthetic way. Um, you can tag workouts, you can tag long runs, um, you can tag races so you can see how your progression goes and you can look back to see, Oh, how did I train for that last half marathon? Is that helpful? You know, did I have a really good race and what did I do to let, let up to that? Did I have a bad race and where was I feeling bad and what did I do wrong? Um, and then again, on that whole reliving your accomplishment, the community of people giving you kudos and, and commenting and telling you you did a good job. Yeah, I'm all I'm all excited because we have so many women in our community who set out a mileage goal for the year. You know, so many women are like, "Oh, I'm going to run, oh, nice. you know, I don't know, 1300 miles in 2013 or 1000 miles in 2013, whatever it is." And I've always been a trifle envious of people who can be that detail oriented because that's that's not me. And suddenly I'm like, oh, on Strava, I'll be able to do that. And so then it you becomes do. all back to the back to the oh, you know, it's so important to get it marked in there. And so, um, but I'm just yeah, all excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the and the you know, I never remember when I switch out my shoes. And isn't there a place that you can put in the yep. shoe? Yeah. yeah. So that's a that's a big thing um, for me, especially since my husband owns a running store. We have a plethora of shoes, uh -huh. but it's good to know when to replace your shoes because sometimes your knees will start hurting you and you don't really know why and if you are able to look back and see oh there's 300 miles on my nikes maybe i need to replace them and that's it mm -hmm. and then you kind of avoid injury and you know when to replace your shoes mm -hmm. and so you can add your gear to your profile and then tag those shoes as you run um, so if you have, you know, a trail running shoe and a running shoe, you can switch back between the road running and the trail running shoes. Mm -hmm. If you just got a new pair of shoes, you can add them. So you can do, I mean, I think I've got like 
12 pairs of shoes on there. Wow. Um, and you can tag it um, on your phone or that's something you can only do on the site, on your computer? Right now you can only do it on the site. Mm -hmm. um, we are releasing 4.0 for mobile at the in the middle of February. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a place to update your gear from your phone. Mm -hmm. um, and you'll also be able to see all your Instagram photos. Right now you can only see the Instagram photos on the web. Right. Um, and in the middle of February, you'll be able to see everything from the oh, phone. Exciting. Exciting. And yes. also... Um, your, our pal Alyssa, who works there at Strava, I was saying, oh, I really wish that I could make Strava talk to me and, and be like, you know, one mile down or something like that. She's like, oh, you can do that already. And she, you know, walked me through the steps and I have, uh, she told me that right before Tinkerbell, so I haven't had a chance to go in and do it, but I'm all excited to have it. My phone talk to me and, you know. Yes. Yeah. We do have voice feedback. You actually, it's not the default on mm -hmm. our app like it is on a lot of other ones mm -hmm. um, because we added it. So we didn't want people to feel like they had to do it with the voice. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to just go in and change your settings. And um, yeah, you get voice feedback. I believe there's a woman, uh, there's a male and a female. Mm. Any, any accents? You know, can I have an Aussie talking no, to me? No, unfortunately no, but I love... I love the British option. Yeah, we had right. one of the guys do a Matthew McConaughey imitation, which was quite good. <laughs> and I think he's the only one who's actually who actually has it on his phone. Oh, so, I think, I think we need to release that. I think I we need, or actually need the mother runner doing it. Sarah and I being like, get your badass out of bed. Let's get going. Come on. Yeah. Mile two, pick it up. None. There'd be so much demand for it, though. I'm not sure Strava could keep pace with it. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be able to handle the copyright. I don't know. Or the licensing fees. Right. Um, Our licensing fees are really high. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so question for you, Larissa. So I am wearing my Soleus and I am also using the GPS app on my iPhone. Can you talk a little bit about the discrepancy in the miles? Because I feel like my um, my splits are always just a tiny bit faster on Strava, which, you know, I don't have a problem with because like, I'm putting that out in the world. But I mean, do you guys know kind of how accurate it is or does it depend upon the, what does it depend upon? So it's really the GPS technology within the devices and so there's, there's been studies on it. I think Garmin tends to be the most accurate out of all the GPS devices, but, you know, Soleus, Timex, Sunto are all around in that range. Your phone, because it's using satellite signals um, that are different from the watch and it's not, your phone's ultimate goal isn't just a deep GPS device, although the watch yeah. is, is. Um, the phone tends to be a little bit less reliable. For any for any app that you're going to do compared to a watch, sure. For um, any straight up thing that is built for that function, right? Right, and so we've yeah. noticed usually the phone gives you a bit more mileage, which means ultimately your pace is a little bit longer or a little bit faster. Yes. Um, so right now it's more of a GPS technology issue that we have to sort of bridge between you know how accurate your watch is compared to your phone. It's not that, you know, I've run four miles and Strava, the Strava app on my phone says I ran eight. It's definitely not that much of a discrepancy by any stretch, but it's just a little bit of a, there's just, a, I'm just a little bit faster. It's just about as fast as I want to be. <laughs> so it's a nice goal to keep, keep, keep it out in front of me, a little nugget, right? That's fine because I've actually, uh, I've, when it was just Dimity and me on Strava before we got a lot of our community on it, I'd be like, wow, Dimity runs her like day-to-day -day runs pretty fast. And I was thinking, hmm, how do I tell her to like slow it down a little? Maybe she'd have more energy, you know, for some speed workouts. And, and I'm like, okay, it's just the Strava telling me that. <laughs> Well, Sarah, I'm yes, wicked fast. I'm blazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've found the more that I use it, the more it smooths out. Mm -hmm. um, it also depends on where you run too. When I run in the city, it's really shaky because there's a lot of buildings and things that are bothering the GPS on the phone. Mm -hmm. But I've also found my watch does that too. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. there's there's some imperfections in GPS technology. But ultimately, if you ran 0.2 less than it says on Strava, then... That is okay. Yeah. It's okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll trade it for the discussion boards and the community and everything else you offer. And I mean, yeah, I mean, just think back 10 years ago, we didn't even, you know, we used to be out in our, or I used to be anyway, like clocking my run with my odometer on my car, you know, like you oh, run, that's what I did. Yeah. And jump in, be all sweaty, zero, 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 push it, you know, <laughs> and then do the exact same route. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I used to do that all the time. I know. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So what, what's your favorite feature on Strava, Larissa? 
Um, I'd have to say the training log. It's actually, we just launched the training log while I was on maternity leave, but it's one thing about Strava that I've always wanted because I have saved my logs from, you know, the late nineties and early two thousands when I was running marathons because it kind of tells the story. Um, and I used to write everything down and now I have this visual place on Strava that I can see everything that I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately I think my favorite thing is getting and giving kudos I follow, I think, almost 500 people, and it's, like, one of my favorite things to do is just, like, go in and just, like, give kudos. They joke around that I'm usually the first person to give everyone kudos. <laughs> <laughs> and I also didn't turn off the um, the notification, so every time I get a kudo, I get an email. Oh, just, you I do not. I really like getting kudos. Yeah. Yeah, because I have to. I have to say that the kudos when I first started using Strava, I mean, you know, so I get back. I'm standing out on our back porch, and I've you know entered in mine. I've tweeted what my run was and a little you know comment about it, and then suddenly ten minutes have gone by, and I've just been given kudos and reading things, and I'm like, okay, now I have to totally jam to make lunch because (laughs) I'm ten minutes of my life gone. So I've had to kind of dial back on the that part of it just because it's so engaging and. It's such a time suck, really. Sometimes. <laughs> it a good like time suck. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> telling you how well giving you patting you on the back is not such a bad thing. You just have to find the time and space to read them all, right? Yeah. Yes. yes exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Larissa. You've been awesome. Good luck, oh, um, ultra mother, badass runner, whatever. <laughs> yeah, with My your gosh. yeah Napa Valley. Yeah. Have fun thank with that. You. Um, and thanks to you guys. This community on Strava has been so much fun to watch, and I can't wait to see how. The general club goes. I can't wait to see how the challenge goes. Um, we're just really excited to work with you guys. So thank you. Sarah, how were you going to break it to me that I was running too fast? I, I, I contemplated saying it a few times and I never opened my mouth and um, it didn't seem really r- relevant. Um, although, you know, when you were complaining a little bit about how kind of long and onerous the, the training was seeming, I, I did start literally open my mouth and that close it. I was thinking, oh, I could tell her, you know, just like slow it down a little during the midweek. So sure, midweek sure. runs. Yeah. No, I've definitely been a one pace Sally for this whole Mm-hmm. training cycle. It was funny because I was emailing um, Brianna, who was on our podcast a couple weeks ago, because I'm going to start training for Boulder 70.3. And I'm like, I have been a one pace Sally for this entire <laughs> training session. So, um, so I'm excited to kind of actually pay attention to my paces a little bit more. So yeah, um, yeah. thank you for noticing that I wouldn't have been hurt if you would have said something because I've, I've noticed it too. It's just more that um, just kind of I get out and I go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just that, you know, Strava's letting me know and I wouldn't know otherwise from a thousand miles away. So exactly. Good, good. Well, if you want more of our community, um, we are on Facebook at run like a mother, the book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at The Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother, are available on Amazon as well as on our site. And whether you're tracking it with Strava or not, many happy miles to you.